listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you from Hobart, Tasmania, right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host, Jason Cook, and today we've got Daniel Matteo back in the studio. Welcome, Daniel. Oh, hi, Jason. How are you? Good, thanks. It's good to have you back here today on a Wednesday. Now, hasn't the year flown quickly this year? <laughs> it feels like I just turned around. It yeah. feels like it was Christmas was just a few shakes away, and here we are. Yeah, yeah. I, I saw some fruit mince pies in the shops the other day. It seems like Christmas is coming up again, and I can't believe it. Isn't it crazy how early they get out there? You know, like um, Easter is gone, and uh, then you know, in not very long, you've got Christmas, and then Christmas is over, and then Easter's here again. And the uh, the shops love to take advantage of these uh, big celebrations, don't they? What's your favourite Christmas food? Uh, I just love, to be honest, just having a good solid meal, you know, like mm. veggies and roast roast veggies and things like that. So, yeah. yeah. Um, um, I love panettone. Have you ever tried it? I have, the yes. Italian Christmas cake? Yeah. Oh, it's the best. Yeah. yeah. It's my favourite. My uh, mum's husband is Italian, so he's... Uh, He's introduced that to our family. Yeah, it's, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so today we continue on our series of facets of faith, and uh, last episode was titled "The Fight." Do you want to just uh, give us a quick uh, rundown on what that was all about? Yeah, for sure. No, last week we talked about the great battle between good and evil and how it started, where it started, why it started, and uh, who's responsible and how it's going to end. So, uh, or what our role in it and how it's going to end. That's what we talked about last week. It was good, good discussion, and yeah, some uh, I think encouraging. An encouraging message for us to understand why it is that uh, some of the bad things happen down here and, and the fact that it's not going to go on forever. Now, of course, you can go back and have a listen to all of our past episodes, our Tassie Encounters episodes or the Facets of Faith episodes. They're all on their website, faithfm.com.au, and they're also available using the Faith FM Australia app, which you can download from the App Store. Or if you're into podcasting, you can find the podcasts uh, in your favourite podcasting area as well. So do remember today that we have, if this is your first time listening on Faith FM, we've got a show number just for Tassie Encounters. It's 0488-880-891. That's a text-only number, uh, although you can call it, actually. I, I say text-only. We expect people to text us in. You can call it, and uh, that will go through to our people in uh, Victoria who will answer that phone. But it's really used for text offers to... Uh, text in a code where we offer a free book or answer our questions etc so do take that number down write it down save it in your phone under tassie encounters 0488880891 now this is actually a recorded program today because daniel's busy away doing some other things but nevertheless we still monitor our programs and uh, i look at all your messages as they come in i respond to them and we'd still love to hear from you today and of course we might be able to uh, answer your questions or uh, share your stories next program after after we get them and uh, re- record or go live again. So, um, Daniel, what have you got for us today? Well, today we're going to, uh, the title of our discussion is called The One, 
And uh, we're really going to be talking about this idea of um, like a messianic figure. You know, we look at different religious systems. We look at different, uh, you know, narratives, stories, mythologies around the world. And there always seems to be one significant figure that uh, that often a self-sacrificial figure uh, that is that is that comes and intervenes uh, in in the situation and, and bring salvation through it. And so we're really going to focus on that today, what the scripture says about that figure, uh, who that person is, and uh, I guess the the way that uh, all of this is going to be reconciled. Mm. Mm. And, of course, uh, the Bible is full of um, illusions and, and direct prophecies about this uh, messianic message, I guess, that we're going to be talking about today. Um, how would you like to start? Would you like to pray first and uh, then move on? Yeah, sure, Matt. Would you like to pray for us, please? Sure. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day and we thank you that we can share together and uh, learn more about who you are. We ask that you are with us as we open your word and uh, read and discover today. And uh, may your Holy Spirit be with us so that we can understand your truth through the words that we read. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Oh, thanks, Jace. Yeah, good on you. I, when I, in the year 2000, I was in grade 12. So I was sort of 16, 17 years old. And a really, really popular movie came out around about then. I don't know if it was that year or maybe a year either side. I'm not sure exactly. But it was called The Matrix. Have you heard of this film? I have heard of it, but I've never watched one, believe it or not. There's several, isn't there? There's a uh, series? Think, yeah, there's two or three. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe I've, three or four now. I've, I think I've, they just brought out another one. Yeah. I've never watched any of them. Um, interesting. I don't know why I haven't watched them, but I haven't. Well, look, I, I'm not recommending them to yeah. watch. You know, I, I saw it at the time. You know, but uh, I probably wouldn't recommend it now. There's a little bit of violence and things like that in it. But uh, but just reflecting back now as, as somebody that's mature a little bit more in the faith and, you know, back on that experience when I was a teenager and watching that film, what amazed me is the themes that were, were in this film series. So basically the idea is that all of existence, our whole lives are a... Um, a computer simulation, basically. Yeah. You know, that uh, humanity has been duped. In actual fact, we are all sort of sitting in a test tube somewhere and the, we've got wires hooked up to our brains and everything that we experience is like a virtual reality simulation. Mm. What were you going to say? Well, that's exactly what I was going to say, that it's, it's like this virtual experience rather than physical. You got it. And yeah. so the, the point of it is there's a group of people that have uh, realised that this is a simulation and so they've, uh, they've uh, emerged, you know, figured out a way to, to have enlightenment. They've emerged from this simulation. They're fighting against the, the robots that are trying to keep everybody enslaved. And so they prophesy that there is going to be one special person that's born that's got the ability to manipulate uh, this computer simulation. It's called the Matrix mm. uh, in ways that, uh, that other people can't do. And in actual fact, he's going to give up his life in order to save all of people and set them free. And, you know, it's so funny. It, I don't think that the people – I know that the, the, the people that wrote it and, uh, and produced the film – uh, were very uh, they used they drew on a lot of different philosophies, a lot of different ideas from lots of different religions and everything, including Christianity. But there were some real gospel themes there, you know, some real things that uh, that point back to the scripture. And so it's funny that th this film was so popular and that the themes resonated so much. And when I look at some really popular types of media, 
around the world, you know, the things that get really popular, often they've got these sorts of themes in them. Mm. Uh, these themes of, of somebody coming to save us by sacrificing uh, themselves. And this is because, I believe, it actually resonates with us because it, it strikes a chord because there's an ultimate truth there that, uh, that's being drawn on. And uh, I believe that in the Bible, the Old and New Testament, it's going to reveal to us the actual truth, the real uh, story that all of these mythologies are alluding to. And uh, even though they're taking a little bit of that truth and drawing on it in order to get their popularity and their, their connections, where we get the full unadulterated truth that's really going to fill those existential longings uh, within us from Scripture. Hmm. It's interesting how Facebook uh, is now been, you know, the parent company's been branded Meta. And Meta, yeah. my understanding is, I don't know all, all that much about it, but my understanding is they're trying to create this virtual reality world of, um, you know, if you can imagine Facebook, but in three dimension <laughs> and uh, virtual reality. Is, isn't that interesting how, you know, we we are always looking for something else, and yet life itself is the, is the reality, but we're always trying to find some other way to live it or some other explanation for why we're here. And, um, and I, I find that, you know, the, the biblical truths are so real and mm. so um, uh, certain for me personally that um, I don't need to go chasing other ideas or other, well, other things. There's a longing for something higher within us, mm. isn't there? Mm. You know, there's a, there's a deep sense of discomfort within us with the present world as it is and a deep sense that things maybe aren't the way that they should be or they aren't the way that we'd like them to be. And so we seek escape in all sorts of different ways. I mean, computer games is, is a big way that people want to want to escape. And mm, mm. Uh, for a little while when I was uh, at um, college or university, I, I got involved with a group that had started a church in the online virtual world of second life mm -hmm. so second life is a platform where um, it's similar to a computer game but there's no there's no object it's basically a virtual reality world where people go in and they live their life virtually rather than you know in real life mm. and uh, and so this the this group went in there they they had a virtual church building or they still do and they would preach sermons do evangelism and the idea is trying to reach people that are really trapped in computer game addiction mm. and uh, yeah we were able to actually I know mm. of at least one person that was baptised into our church as a result of um, them reaching out to people in that environment and, yeah. th and that's uh, that's a good thing and a useful thing um, I assume though eventually they were introduced to real people in real environments well that was the point and yeah. so what, what we did is we kind of engineered a little bit of a plan in order to connect with people that mm. way mm. and that is that we'd, because people use um you know they use fake names and you know mm. everything yeah. and so we'd uh, connect with them in real life through social network and then we'd use that to connect them with their local church yeah. mm. Mm. we're going to go to a break but as we do there's a question we've got for you who do you believe Jesus of Nazareth was we're studying this topic today about Jesus and about the prophecies we'd love to hear from you text us in on 0488 this is Who Is This Jesus by Caroline Cobb. I saw his face shine like the sun on the mountainside. Elijah and Moses were there, pale in his glorious light. And a voice came like thunder, and I trembled all over, said this, my beloved child, 
is Jesus, but the Son of God. I saw him walk on the waves, I saw him still the storm. I saw the demons afraid, but the children safe in his arms. Said Lazarus, rise up, wake from your sleep, and his dead heart started to beat. Who is this Jesus but the Son of Listening to Tessie Encounters on Faith FM, and today we're speaking with Daniel Matteo. We're talking about, or our title of the program today is called The One, and of course that's referring to the Messiah, Mm. that is Jesus. You got it. And uh, we haven't talked very much about that up till now, but now's the time to, to do that. But just before we do, who do you believe Jesus of Nazareth was? Text us in your answer, 0488 We'd love to hear from you today. So uh, let's get into our, our study and, and discussion of what's this all about. Absolutely. Well, you know, the, the funny thing about Scripture is when you come to it, what you're going to find is that it's 
broadly divided into into two sections. We have the Old Testament, which is about three quarters of the of the Bible in terms of content, and all of that was written before Jesus, what we call BC or BCE. It was you know written prior to the to, to Christ, and then the New Testament, which is around about a quarter of the Bible's content, was written after Jesus. Now, why is that significant? Because what you find is when you go throughout the themes of the Old Testament, when you read the the stories, when you read the prof- prophecies, all of it, it all seems to be anticipating something. Mm. And and the more the more you go through the Old Testament, the more this this anticipation builds. The more you find out about uh, the the hope uh, that God's trying to communicate to His people of of His plan to um, to redeem them to Himself, and it focuses on a man doesn't mention the name Jesus, does it? But it uh, it focuses on this uh, concept, this idea, this um, p- specific, um, what's the word? This prophecy, I guess. Mm. Mm. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't mention Jesus, as, mm. as we'll talk about as we go on. And in actual fact, the name Jesus that we understand is uh, is an anglicised yeah. version of it, of the Latin Jesu. Yes, yes, yeah. And uh, and that is actually a translation from Greek of Jesus, which is a <laughs> which is a transliteration of the Hebrew Yeshua, uh, which is the the name Joshua, also mm. the name Hosea mm. in the Old Testament. So mm. there's there's two biblical leaders that that had that that name, but you know just. The reason why they render it differently is so us as English readers will understand it's two different characters. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Hosea, Joshua, and Jesus all have the same name in Hebrew. Mm. Um, but so, but it means savior. Mm. That's what it means. There you go. So it's not that it wasn't mentioned; it's it wasn't specifically mentioned. Yeah. So you're right. But uh, yeah, would you like to start first? We're going to read Genesis three fifteen. We've read this together before, but uh, we'll read it again. Yeah. Yeah, it says, and I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Mm. So one of the things that the scripture says is that, uh, and this is a prophecy that God makes directly to Satan right at the beginning of this sort of war between Mm. good and evil down here. And uh, he says that one of this woman's descendants is going to crush the head of the serpent, but he himself is going to be harmed in the process. There is a promise right here of a self-sacrificial saviour that is going to come to end the work of Satan, but he himself will uh, will go through pain and suffering. And so that uh, that's very, very significant. And I think that um, that people would have been longing. I think Eve would have been longing for this descendant to come. Mm. Perhaps she might have been um, wondering if one of her sons might have been the one. You know, and uh, so yeah. Another place that we find some of this building of this messianic significance is in Psalm 22. And I'm wondering, would you like to read uh, verse one for me, please? It says, "My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? So far from my cries of anguish." Mm. That's got a lot of similarity to the words that Jesus spoke on the cross. Well, in actual fact, he quoted this psalm on the cross. Mm. He, these, when, he, when he was crying out to God as he was dying, he quoted from Psalm 22, verse 1, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's how he felt. Mm. And uh, it goes on to say in verse 6, he says, I'm a worm and not a man, scorned by everyone, despised by the people. All who see me mock me. 
They hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord, they say. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him, since he delights in him. Mm. And that really reminds us of the the mocking and the scorn that Jesus received as he was going to the cross. It makes Mm. us think of that. It makes us think of the time when he was on the cross and they tried to say, oh, come down from there if you're really the son of God. Save yeah, yourself. Save yourself, mm. yeah. yeah. And so that this is a, a – I believe that this is a prophetic psalm. I think that the, the psalmist who is David here, one of Jesus' ancestors, is actually describing um, an experience that he himself went through uh, as he was being persecuted. But I think prophetically it was pointing forward uh, to the experience of Jesus as he went through his passion. Mm. And if you go on and uh, just um, sort of scroll down a little bit, you can read verse 12 uh, to 18. Would you like to read that, please? Sure. It says, Many bulls surround me, strong bulls of Bashan encircle me, roaring lions that tear their prey open, their mouths wide against me. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart was turned to wax. It has melted within me. My mouth is dried up like potsherd, and my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You lay me in the dust of death. Dogs surround me, a pack of villains encircle me. They pierce my hands and my feet. All my bones are on display. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. Mm, interesting. Do you, do you see anything that uh, jumps out at you in those verses? The things that I'm very aware of, uh, of course, is um, they pierce my hands and feet. We know that Christ was nailed to the cross. Mm. Um, and also they cast lots, I understand, to to get the uh, the clothes or the garments. Yeah, that's right. The soldiers uh, cast lots uh, over his clothing mm. and they, they gambled over it. So there's some real predictions here. And you can see that the, the people that were surrounding Jesus and, and persecuting him on the way to the cross are described as being like bulls and villains and dogs, you know, just sort of around him, hurting him. Yeah. And but uh, you know, he, he casts himself upon uh, upon God in this situation. And um yeah, it's just just amazing amazing pa- prophecy. And I really do think that uh, that Jesus would have experienced uh something like this, you know, or, or that did he did experience something like this, you know, that uh that when he when he was experiencing what we call his passion. Mm. Yeah. Would you like to turn to Isaiah 53 for me because there's also some interesting stuff there about uh about Jesus. Would you like to read verse maybe 1 to 3? Would that be okay? Sure. Who has believed our message, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot, and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from the people hide their faces, he was despised, and we held him in low esteem. Mm. Yeah, some stuff we find out here about uh, that's that's being prophesied about Jesus. This idea that he had no majesty, no uh, you know physical attraction. What was beautiful about him was his words. Mm. He grows up like a tender shoot, you know, uh, all of this, and that uh, that he was despised, he's rejected. And I'm going to read from verse 4 to verse 6. It says, Surely he took up our pain, he bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God and stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. There's the piercing again that you Mm. mentioned before. Mm. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. 
Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity or the sin of us all. That, you know, that is a really um, significant thing, and, and it has to do with the Psalm 22 that you read before about the piercing. Uh, I understand that the Romans uh, didn't invent crucifixion, that they actually borrowed it from the Assyrians. But it wasn't until long after these prophecies were written. At the time, you know, the way that people put people, other people to death was by stoning Yeah. when these passages were written. But there's a prediction that there's some form of crucifixion, some form of piercing that's going on here, that uh, there's hundreds of years before this was something that people did. And uh, I'm going to read on. It says, He was oppressed. This is starting in verse 7. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led by, like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. It reminds me of the the time when Jesus was there before Pontius Pilate. Mm. He was being, uh, what was he? He, he was, was being, being questioned. Yeah, questioned and trialed, yeah. and he just refused to say anything. It yeah. just really, really, uh, really is very, very clear here. Yeah. And would you like to read just a, a, the last one in this particular chapter in verse 11? Can you read that? After he has suffered, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many and he will bear their iniquities. Mm, mm. After the, another version says, after the suffering of his soul, he will see the light of life. So there's a prediction here that this suffering, this um, being crushed or killed or pierced for, uh, for all of our sins, you know, that this isn't some, this messianic figure, this will not be his end, that mm. he will rise, mm. you know, after the suffering of his soul, he will see the light of life. This is a prediction, I believe, of the resurrection of Jesus, mm. uh, which, we, uh, which we believe happened on the third day. Yeah. It's amazingly specific, isn't it, this, this uh, prophecy? Um, now, we did ask you a question before. Who do you believe Jesus of Nazareth was? Text us in your answer on 488 891 We've got a free book offer coming up called Humble Hero. We'll talk more about that later. Right now, this is It Is Done by Savannah Ellis. Crucified by hands and hearts and voices he had made. Sacrificed by those he came to rescue, came to save. Forgiveness trampled over sin now and forever it is finished God of light ran into the scathing arms of death Gave his life, swallowed all my shame and pain Trampled over sin now and forever it 
program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and today we're speaking with Daniel Matteo on the series Facets of Faith and we've been talking about Jesus the One. That's the title of today's program and we've been looking at some Old Testament prophecies uh, about Jesus the Messiah. Mm. It's, well, it's so interesting to see how hundreds of years before Jesus of Nazareth was, Nazareth was born that uh, these different Biblical prophets have predicted so many aspects of his mm. life, of his ministry. And so specific. So, so specific. specific. And you know what? I'm only picking a few today, just mm. a, a few that are a key. But, you know, just during the break, we were alluding to Daniel chapter 9, which makes it so clear, you know, that gives the exact uh, date of his birth, death and, re- death and resurrection. And, mm. um, yeah, it is really, really an amazing thing uh, that uh, that God with such, with so many different um, indicators pointed to exactly uh, where and when and how uh, he was going to send the one into the world to redeem it to himself. I want to take you to the next one. It's in Zechariah chapter 12, verse 10. Very, very interesting Old Testament prophecy. Would you read that for me, please? It says, And I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem a spirit of grace and supplication. They will look on me, the one they have pierced, and they will mourn for him as one mourns for an only child and grieve bitterly for him as one grieves for a firstborn son. Mm. Now, this is a really tough verse to get our heads around. If you just pay attention to the pronouns, yeah, you'll I'm find noticing, it's a little bit of alphabet soup, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I'm saying they will look on me, the one they've pierced, and then they will mourn for him. 
<laughs> is it the same person? Yeah, interesting. <laughs> and, you know, this actually became a bit of a problem for the Septuagint translators. You see, with the Hellenization of the ancient world, there was a lot of Jewish people that couldn't actually speak Hebrew. So um, some of those ancient rabbis made a decision to translate the Bible from Hebrew into Greek. It's called the Septuagint. And uh, so that was a popular Bible at the time. And so when they translated this verse, they couldn't figure out the pronouns. So they said, instead of, they will look on me, because it's God speaking in the verse. It's very clear earlier in the context, it's God speaking. Um, that uh, they, it says they will look on me. They change it to, they will look on him who they have pierced. And then all of the pronouns line up and it makes sense. Except that, that is not what the original text says. Mm. It's almost as if God himself is going to be pierced. And God himself seems to be a different person, you know, to, I guess, another God that's speaking as well. You know what I mean? There's a, mm. there, there seems to be two persons within Which, the oneness of God, at least in that verse. Yeah. yeah. That uh, gives support for the idea of uh, God being a... Uh, multi-personal. Multi-personal. You got that's it. Right. And not yeah. just that, how can you pierce God? Yeah. He must have to take on flesh. Yeah. Right? Become and, human. And mm. we find that in John chapter 1, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, you know. Mm. So, uh, yeah, really, really, really amazing. Now, what about uh, chapter 13, verse 6? Can you find that one for me, please? Same book, Zechariah. Yep. And it says here, if someone asks, what are these wounds on your body? They will answer, the wounds I was given at the house of my friends. Mm, mm. Yeah, yeah, and and so there is a there's a prediction here that uh, that God is going to be wounded, God is going to be wounded by his friends by the and in John it says he came unto his own and his own received him not. You know, mm. um, Jesus wasn't uh, conde- well, he was he was condemned to death by Romans, but he was he was he was uh, let's say brought to court. Uh, to be executed by his own people. But, but ultimately, Pilate, was he Roman? He was, yes. And he said, I actually find no fault in him. Yeah, he washed so, his hands of it. Yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. so he uh, recognised the innocence of Jesus, but he went through with the what the Jews were asking for. Mm. Yeah, mm. in fact that'd be a good subject for a, for maybe a program down the down the way because I've got a little bit of a I've got a bit, bit to say about that subject. But mm. yeah, well there's another amazing prophecy actually in Micah chapter 5 verse 2 that gives us some really really key uh information about the Messiah. Mm. Uh this Messiah that we born and in case you've ever wondered those three wise men that turned up when Jesus when Jesus was born that we always hear about in yeah. the well not born it was a little after he was born but close to his birth we always hear about in those narrative those uh, nativity we, passion we, uh, we, we potentially think of those as sort of almost um, mythologically or mythological uh, people but but these were real these they, were real people they were. Who, who studied the scriptures and had some idea of what was going on. They were, and they knew when to turn up because they'd been studying Daniel 9, which was what we talked about last time. And they knew where. And they knew where, and because of what you're just about to read to me now. Mm. (laughs) It says, But you, Bethlehem Ephratah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. Mm. So the prediction is that there will be one. In fact, I, I prefer it from the New King James, and I'll read it to you from the New King James. It says, You, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose going fo- goings forth are from of old, 
even from everlasting. Mm. Mm. And uh, so there's this idea that there is going to be one who is going to be born in Bethlehem who didn't begin in Bethlehem. No. In actual fact, his origins are from everlasting, that he had no beginning. And uh, this is uh, this is because he is God, right? Mm. And uh, so this uh, this d- divinity of Christ, this taking on of humanity, of the, the of God's self. And last, lastly, for our sec- this section today, can you read for me Isaiah 40, verse 3 to 11? Is that okay? Hmm. Yeah. It says, A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. I'm assuming that's alluding to John the Baptist. <laughs> Is that right? Well, I'll get into that in a sec. Okay, we'll keep reading. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All people are like grass, and all their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of, the go- of our God endures forever. You who bring good news to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power and he rules with a mighty arm. See, he, he, his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. Mm, bit of a longer passage, that one, but mm. uh, there's a lot there, a lot there to talk about. Uh, anything in there that you noticed that you thought was interesting? Well, the first one in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, that certainly reminds me of uh, John the Baptist. Well, look, in this chapter, we have a sequence that the prophet lays down, mm-hmm. and he's really he's talking about his day, but he's also talking about the time of the Messiah. Mm-hmm. And he's also talking about the end of time, all at once. Okay. And uh, and this is this is something that Bible prophets do sometimes. They predict um, mul- or they talk about multiple events with one prophecy. And uh, and so, but there's a basic sequence. This is what happens: is first of all, um, God's people are in trouble. And uh, and then so God sends a prophetic voice, and that prophetic voice cries out and delivers the word. And then that empowers what I call a prophetic community. There's a bunch of people that go out and say and 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 tell people about God and tell people about God's word. And then God steps into history, and He executes something. He does some amazing work that uh, that brings salvation. Yep. And then you know that's that's the, that's the basic sequence: one, two, three, four. Yeah. And that is exactly what happened actually uh, in Jesus' day. As you said, there was a. In fact, the this uh, this voice of one calling in the wilderness. The New Testament uses uh, that quotation to discuss John the Baptist, as you said. Mm. You know that he uh, uh, he did that. He you know he was out in the desert uh, proclaiming that people should get ready for God. Uh, God's about to step into history, and uh, and then he pointed at Jesus and he said, "Look, it's the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Make sure you go and follow him." And Jesus steps in and begins his ministry and does amazing things, and uh, you know that he has a community there. And uh, and actually, the same thing happens at the end as well. That uh, that there's a prophetic voice that goes out 
and uh, and a prophetic community proclaims that that voice to the whole world, and then Jesus steps into history uh, at his second coming. You know, so all there's all of that those levels of meaning there. But the thing that I love about it all, if you just uh, maybe scroll down just a little bit in verse ten, it says, "See." The sovereign Lord comes with power and he rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms. Uh, He carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. And this really tells us about the character of the Messiah. What is he like? And what we find out is Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Mm. Amazing. Um, we're going to go to a break, but our book offer for today is called Humble Hero. And this is a condensed version of the book Desire of Ages. It's uh, been updated and um, we will be giving away this book. The Desire of Ages is really a book about the life of Christ. It's a biography of the life of Jesus. Yes. So we'll give you the code after the break to claim this book, Humble Hero. And uh, stay tuned so don't miss out on that code. This is Who Am I by Chosen Road. And you told me who I am 
Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM, and we're finishing up our program today with Daniel Mateo, and we've been talking about Jesus, the One. Now, before the break, we talked about the book offer, Humble Hero. It's an adaptation or a condensed version of The Desire of Ages, which is all about the life of Jesus. We've got four copies to give away, so the first four in to text in the code FACET6, F-A-C-E-T, and the number six. Text that in to 488 to claim your free book offer. Now, Daniel, in the break we were talking about the fact that um, this these prophecies of around Isaiah's time was probably around about 700 BC. So we're talking... Yeah, 657 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, many hundreds of years before Christ. Yeah, it's amazing that, that so many details, so much information about this one life uh, was written. Uh, so many, you know, hundreds of years before before he was born. This really, this is the essence of prophecy, and this actually can give us a fair bit of faith in the veracity of Scripture. Yeah, because you know, if if, if the Bible says it's something's going to happen, and then we can look in history and see that it's happened that way, not just from the Bible itself, but from historical sources that this person, you know, experienced these things and did these things uh, that uh, that we can trust that the Bible's true. Yeah. Would you look up, like to look up the next one for us? It's in Isaiah 7.14. Very, very interesting. It says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Mm, Emmanuel. We, should, we should be doing this at Christmas time. Yeah, we should be. <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah, Emmanuel obviously meaning God with us. Yeah. God with us is what it means. God is with us is a, is a theme throughout the, throughout the scripture. This idea that God is a God that wants to be with us. And in a special way, Jesus, the Son of God, comes uh, to be with us. Mm. Yeah, God with us. And uh, he's named uh, Yeshua or Jesus, Savior. And uh, and it's amazing things about him uh, in Isaiah 61, uh, going from verse 1 to 3. I'll, I'll read it if you don't mind. Yeah. It says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. So another, another prophecy. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. That word anointed, um, is the to, an anointed one is Messiah. Mm. Yeah. So this is a messianic passage. Uh, to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, and to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair.' 
They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Now, this is really beautiful because what it talks about here is the Messiah's mission. Why is it that this one, why is it that this God has come into history? Why is it that he, um, you know, is planning on, on, on completing this mission? And why is it that when we look back in the history of, uh, of humanity, of Christianity, of Scripture, that we see Jesus come in and do what he, what he does? And he makes it very clear, this is the reason. He's here to proclaim good news to the poor. I wonder, do we find ourselves feeling poor sometimes? You know, is he, he's, uh, he's, he's binding up the brokenhearted. Do we find ourselves brokenhearted? Uh, freedom for the captives, if we feel enslaved by our situation. Release of darkness for the prisoners. You know, if we feel like we're, uh, you know, in chains to some addiction or some struggle. All of these wonderful things, uh, comforting those who mourn, if we're mourning, if we grieve, you know, if we don't feel that we're attractive, he's come to bestow on us a crown of beauty. Uh, you know, it's a wonderful, wonderful promise that this is, the, this is the, who he is. This is what Jesus longs to do in our hearts and lives. And Jason, if you don't mind sh- me sharing a story. I, just before you do, I've just got a question in regards to this. This... Um uh, could be taken literally and physically, you know, proclaim freedom for the captives. And, and, and many were expecting Jesus to do that physically, but this is more a spiritual um, thing, I guess. Well, I would say it isn't, it isn't, you know. I mean, I believe that the teachings of Jesus, for example, with the, with the institution of slavery down through the history of humanity, mm. the teachings of Jesus fundamentally undermine that, mm. that institution, that you can't, you can't really take Jesus seriously and, and be a slave owner. Although lots of people have claimed to be down through history, you mm. can't really mm. have that, that, that view of universal brotherhood and one, one blood with all and everything and really do that. Mm. And so even though you're right, what Jesus didn't do is to start a big rebellion and by force and by sword set everyone free. That's what he would do is he introduced ideas and the presence of his Holy Spirit that was mm. going to fundamentally undermine this idea of, um, of oppressor, oppression. Yeah. And uh, ultimately, he's got a plan to one day come back, as we read earlier in Isaiah 40, and to intervene and to destroy all evil forever. Mm. Mm. So this story, you've got a story for us. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so, um, you know, when I, when I was a young fellow, I sort of drifted, drifted away from God a little bit, and a girl from, uh, from my bus invited me to church with her. And I, I had, you know, grown up going to church, so I felt I knew a lot about the Bible. So I went in, when I went into this new church, I thought, okay, you know, i got to, you know, sort of exp- impress them with my view of the Bible and everything. And I knew a lot about Bible prophecy and this and that. And I thought, okay, I can talk about that and, you know, talk about some of these deep things and that'll impress people. And this youth leader came up to me when she introduced me to a youth leader. He came up to me and he said, do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? And so our question for today, and it really threw me, it mm. threw me, it honestly threw me because I wasn't expecting a, a, real, a question like that. Our question today was, who do you think Jesus of Nazareth was? Mm. But I'd like to push it just a little further for our, um, for our listeners today and say, who is Jesus of Nazareth to you? Mm. Because if the Bible predicts every aspect of his life the way that we've read today, then that's got implications for how we respond to him. If he really is who he says he is, if he really is the son of God, then that means, wait a minute, 
I ought to belong to him, and mm. that ought to have an impact impact on the way I live. Mm. And so, yeah, I just wanted to share that. And if anyone out there really wants to find out more about Jesus and maybe study more, or or uh, or at least respond uh, to his call, you know, that you can get in touch with us. You can text us, and we can put you in touch with somebody that would be very very happy to to spend some time with you and to help you to go on that journey. Do you think, Jason? Absolutely. Um, text us in on zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. Or you can call that number and uh, we can put you in touch with somebody who can talk to you more about uh, Jesus and obviously other other aspects of the Bible as well. Of course, the entire Bible is really about Jesus in one way or another, isn't it? I think that's what we've established that today, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Daniel, next time you're back with us in a week or so, we're going to be talking about the knock. Do you want to give us a... a uh, a brief rundown on what that topic's all about. Absolutely. Well, if uh, if it is that uh, that this Jesus really is who he says he is, then it may be, as I said, it's got some implications for who we are and, and how we live, and it might be that that Jesus is actually calling to us and knocking on the door of our life. So we'll talk about that a little bit, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Now, um, do remember our book offer. It is The Humble Hero. It's a, a condensed version of Desire of Ages. It's a great book on the life of Jesus, and uh, we highly recommend that you get a copy of that. We've got our code for today is facet number six, and text that in to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. In our thirty seconds we've got uh, left or so, Daniel, tell me one thing about the life of Jesus that absolutely stands out to you. <laughs> Putting it on the spot here. No, no, not at all. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, the the culmination of his life was his crucifixion and resurrection. And, uh, you know, when I look at the cross, I can see how much Jesus really, really loves us. You know, when, when I think about my own guilt and I think about the things that I've done wrong, and I realize that Jesus took all of that onto himself at the cross so that he could just give me the chance, just give me the opportunity to follow him and put my faith in him. I, um, I'm just overwhelmed. Yeah, just absolutely overwhelmed. And this is what these prophecies predicted. Mm. And to me, the prophecies of both Daniel, which we've been uh, studying with uh, Peter Watts recently, and these prophecies of Jesus that we've covered today, these are just the tip of the iceberg, really, aren't they? There are so many different prophecies. But these are significant, and they are so detailed and precise. And uh, to me, that gives a lot of confidence in the Scriptures. We hope that uh, God is with you wherever you are today, that you feel his presence. This is More Like You by Noema Moore. Jesus, Master, Lord, Redeemer, my Prince of Peace, take me, mold me, use me, and create in me. A clean new heart Lord, hear my cries, I pray Help me to walk in your ways All my life I've longed for you Help me in everything I do To be more like you Died and rose again, amazing.
I pray, help me to walk. 